everybody, and welcome to the Niche Podcast about the one thing that I know something about, game shows. I suppose I am your host, Jordan Haas. We have a fantastic show today because this is a Patreon-exclusive podcast, and it's one that is dedicated to all of you who have donated $5 or more uh, because you want to hear me ramble about game shows for so long. Uh, This is dedicated to you guys Uh, Happy 2021. I'm recording this at 11 p.m. right after all of those hot game shows have just been released. Um, So uh, I I guess without further ado, uh, I gotta go through so many game shows tonight. We have uh, eight in store tonight. Uh, And actually, no, we actually have just seven because I was going to do the Go Big show. But uh, TBS's Go Big Show is—it's not really a look. I will—I was—I I, plan on that to be one of the reviews to do tonight because it is technically a game show. It's a talent game show, uh, but it's because it's not really a formatable game show. I—I kind of got stuck <laughs> in a rock and a hard place. So uh, I guess it's seven and a half game shows tonight or (laughs) something like of the sort. Uh, So I will start off by talking about Go Big Show and then work our way through what game shows have debuted since literally last week, January 1st. (laughs) This is a week of game shows for you guys. So first of all, this start with, let's start with the Go Big Show. So Go Big Show is basically Extreme Gong Show, but not Extreme Gong like the GSN show. I know you're probably thinking that. You're probably going, oh, no, there's audience vote. No, 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 no. So uh, I think America's got talent, but most of the activities are done outdoors and are very insane. And by insane, I mean this would be the stuff that you would see on Gong Show get gonged midway through the jump. Sword swallowing, fire breathing, uh, snake wrangling, uh, monster trucks, all those events that you know America's Got Talent wouldn't accept because you can't really do a sob story over. Uh, that is kind of what they want to do with. And they kind of want to do with the more extreme daredevil stunts, which is kind of clever uh, in a way that I kind of enjoy. I, I do enjoy a lot of the act, the little. Uh, the, the little talents in the show, which I think makes it stand out as a talent show. Uh, because we are dealing with, um, like in the world of talent shows, it's what? Singing, it's dancing, it's comedy. That's about it. Uh, if you can sing, you can dance, or you didn't tell jokes. That's kind of the, the trio. And on America's Got Talent, it's, it's usually, or magic. That's right, or magic. Uh... <laughs> So if Go Big Show, it's you you might get some magic, but it's gonna be more like escape acts versus what I would assume to be just your usual close up uh, hand magic, as it were. Uh so uh the the game works like this. Uh each of the judges can score up to I believe one hundred points. Uh there's Snoop Dogg, there's Cody Rose, there's Rosario Dawson. Uh, and there's Jessica. I forgot your last name. I'm so sorry. Uh, so, <laughs> Jessica, I'm sorry. It's your last name. It's your official new last name. <laughs> and it's hosted by Burt Kreischer, who may or may not be drunk. I do not know. 
but it feels like they were going for like an outdoory extreme but it still has that frantic vibe of like a wrestling show because probably because tbs and cody Rhodes of aew uh, but it's, uh, it's, it, it's not that bad of a show. It, it's, it's actually one of those shows where it's not for the family, uh, obviously, but it's one where it's clearly like you have to be in your late teens, early twenties to really enjoy it. And then if you just like really crazy shit, like perfect to watch, <laughs> you will watch that with one eye open. Cause some of the stuff there is really out there and i kind of dig it I, I, I gotta be honest i dig a lot of the acts and because essentially a talent show is just kind of like easy padding for television hey here's a variety show here's variety performances it works uh whoever gets the most points goes on to the final where the biggest winner goes home with one hundred thousand dollars See, there's the Go Big Show, and then I think the finale is called the Go Home Show because you got to go big or go home, <laughs> like the saying. So I look forward to 2022's game show, Gotta Risk It for the Biscuit, coming soon to Food Network. <clears throat> so, uh, yeah, Burt Kreischer's okay of a host. I, I do like him. I do like Burt Kreischer's comedy, uh, but it still feels like I'm back in 2004 <laughs> watching this show. Uh, it feels a little outdated, unfortunately. But uh, with the talent, it's still an enjoyable show. Uh, seeing Snoop there is is, is likable. Uh, and, you know, if you need a time-wasting game show, it, it's there for you. So I can't really fault Go Big Show at all other than its name is Go Big Show, and it sounds like I am supporting a WWE superstar with an AEW guy on the judging panel. Go Big Show. Not to be confused with the Big Show show, which is available on Netflix. <clears throat> so, uh, I, so now we got the, the one talent show out of the way. Uh, the next one, People Puzzler. People Puzzler is a brand new game show on the Game Show Network, so it follows all of the trappings of a typical GSN game show. A very small prize. Uh, a format where most of the display is available on screen for you to see at home where you can actually mute uh, the entire gameplay and play along because maybe you're at a dentist office or you're at the airport or something else which is very risky given COVID-19 <laughs> practices. But um, uh, the, the, the way I always look at it, this is kind of a much better version of Crosswits versus that of Merv Griffin's Crosswords. Uh, obviously, there's a People Magazine name attached to People Puzzler, and it follows a lot of People Magazine pop culture questions. So it's a lot of music a lot of movies tv shows uh locations and tropical paradises celebrity relationships and just understanding that um kiwis are from new zealand uh it's the clues are fine the puzzles are fine it follows every practical reason of a of a gsn show so there's not really much for me to criticize <clears throat> leo ramey is the host 
Uh, as many of you know, Leah Ramey was famous in recent history for a documentary about escaping Scientology. And since then, there has been a lot of uh, hiccups with her career. Uh, so uh, doing a, a GSN game show obviously might seem like a downgrade for a lot of people given her acting abilities. Um, and as far as her hosting ability is concerned, it's fine. It, it's okay. A problem with a lot of, of game shows that I have noticed in recent time is that they rarely let them ad-lib or go off prompter. They really want to have a tight-knit uh, production, so 20 minutes is 20 minutes. We do not want to waste time here. Just keep going with the cue. Keep asking the questions. Keep playing the game. I don't want you to go, how did you know that? After every question. Uh, but when Leah goes off cue and does some ad-libs and goes off script to just have some sort of comedy bit with the contestants, it works. It, it She's actually a really good host. I might actually say she's one of the better hosts GSN has ever had. I mean, John Michael Higgins is a really classic game show host on Game Show Network, given his uh, ad-lib ability, and that's mostly what he does on America Says. But on People Puzzler, Leah, she's a famous face. She is a Hollywood celebrity, and this is trivia questions about celebrities in Hollywood, which fit. It's great play-along, and that's all you really need in a great game show. Does it have What's the game? What's the show? What's the game show? The game is just solving a crossword puzzle, and it's like different rounds. Uh, now, this is where I falter the show. Um, it's really confusing to try and explain the rules. It, there's three contestants, and there's a puzzle of ten clues. Some are up, some are down. If you solve the clue correctly, you get ten points per letter. Uh, if you get three in a row, you get a bonus of, I think, 300 points. Uh, after 10 clues, it's over. And it plays kind of like um, chain reaction. So if you say two across or one down, you get one extra letter. So an eight-letter word is 80 points, uh, six-letter words were 60 points, and so on. Uh, if you're wrong, play passes to the next player. And that's it. There's no buzzers. There's no buzzer system. It's just like a pass and answer the crossword game, which is kind of clever because it's not really on the buzzer as much as I thought it would be. Uh, but at the same time, it's the scoring mechanic still seems a little uh, busted. Now, it is category-wise. There are four categories per game, uh, mostly used for catch-up purposes. Uh, so after round one, you know, 10 points per letter, you run round two, which you can guess is double the points. Yeah. S same as round one. But when we get to round three, uh, like every Game Show Network show before it, uh, first of all, we got to drop one of the players after round two. And in round three, with the two remaining players, we do a catch-up round, which, as we all know, in the world of game shows on GSN is the game-breaking element that basically means the first two rounds mean nothing, and it's all coming down to this round. Whoever's the top scorer gets to have control of the clue board. They pick one of the two remaining categories. They get to solve as many as they can of the one puzzle in 60 seconds. So get 10 clues in 60 seconds. You clear the board. 
And I think if you were the catch-up player, you get like 5,000, like a big shitload of points where the scoring is over and you don't have to keep playing. Now, if you don't, don't worry. Now it's time for the, the next player to play catch-up. And if they can complete the board, they win. <sighs> that, that, that's it. There's no money. There's, it's just all points, just like in, in every one of these game shows. It's just uh, points, not money, because a little cheaper. So whoever wins the game gets $1,000. The other two gets a year subscription to People Magazine. Total value of this deal, $42. And we get to see the contestant beat one final puzzle. In the final puzzle board, there are four categories. They get to pick three of them, and they have 90 seconds to solve three of these little puzzles. These puzzles can be anywhere from 10-letter words uh, with two across and one down, or one across and two down. And it's just three clues related to one category, such as sports, or mostly like maybe like basketball, or weddings, or Halloween. And Leah has to read the clues out. The person has to solve them. They're on the clock. And when they solve one round, they got to pass to another one. And we continue from there. If they're able to solve three of the puzzles, which are the only three they need to pick, they get $10,000. Hey, game show minimum. So what else is new? It's it's game show minimum. Uh, Leah's a good host. The format's busted. $10,000, eh. But there's play along. There's a lot of play along with people puzzler. I think it's disingenuous to compare it to Murph Griffin's crosswords. This is actually a little better than Murph Griffin's crosswords because they don't have the spoiler system in the game. However, I would like to see some of the maybe the mechanics of Merv Griffin's crosswords in terms of values of the answers being incorporated into the game. Maybe for money. Wouldn't that be novel? Uh, something where it's like, for instance, just throwing this out here, uh, what if uh, you solve the puzzle and you get $100? That's it. No, it doesn't matter how many letters the clue is. You just get $100. After the 10, we go to round two where it's $200 a word. Therefore, you've already given about $3,000 as a possibility. And then you go into round three where it's $300. Whoa! Meaning you gave up $6,000, possibly. But we know you're not. <clears throat> and you make the final round... Uh, whoever gets the most money goes on to the bonus round where they have a chance to win $25,000. I think that's a big issue is why not just make the minimum 25000 these days or 20000 Family Feud gives away $20,000 and that's a very cheap show when you consider they give $5 a point and that hasn't changed since the 70s. So, um, if money's your thing, People Puzzler is, is not really worth the stakes. But the game has play along, and it's still a charming, lovely game show. Uh, it is a nice afternoon game show. I don't know what time they really want to put People Puzzler at. I watched in the afternoon. Uh, so 4 o'clock works for me perfectly. Put it on right after 25 words or less. You, you have a little hit on your hands. But uh, I don't know. I, 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 if I had to give a letter grade to People Puzzler... 
I would give it like a C minus. It's it's not one of the worst game shows I have seen, but it is uh, rough around the edges. But Leah, when if you give her like the ability to just ad lib, it works. The set looks nice. The, if anything, what what I took out of People Puzzler is. Just reboot Scrabble from the 80s and give Leah Raimi the, the ability to host. When when Leah does those ad-libs that I see in People Puzzler, it's more vibrant and more exciting. And I, I kind of tune back to the days of Chuck Woolery and Scrabble when there were clues that had really bad puns and he would just roll his eyes and go, oh, God. And, to, and the set with a lot of blues and pinks and squares that kind of reminisce of Scrabble also would feel like you're watching Scrabble. Uh, plus, less clues, and uh, easier enough for, for everyone to just have a little bit of fun. I I, th- I think, if anything, that's what I, my big takeaway from People Puzzler is, is just bring back Scrabble and get Leah Ramini uh, uh, to host, because I, I think she's delightful, and I think there is some play-along factor there. It's just I really dislike every paint-by-numbers version of the GSN game shows. Uh, when I watch them, I just kind of go, well, it doesn't matter till the bonus round, so let's just watch the bonus round. Uh, and that's kind of a shame. But it, it's no, uh, it's not a huge deal-breaker to have these, because sometimes you just want something to see on the screen and play along with. Uh, so... If the if the game itself doesn't matter to you, and you just want to see some trivia questions or some puzzles, and you just want to scream at the screen, "Hey, the answer is B," then the GSN runs are good for you, and it kind of makes me look forward to seeing how Chain Reaction uh, is done. Uh, Dylan Lane is back, so I'm kind of going to be really shocked to see what happens with that. Uh, but now it's time for us to move away from extended cable into the exciting world of network game shows. Yes, network game shows, starting with Fox. Yes, Fox, uh, the channel that has given us the good game shows, such as It's Your Chance of a Lifetime, Boom, Greed, The Chamber, Are You Smarter Than a Fifth Grader, Our Little Genius, and Million Dollar Money Drop, among others. This time around, they decided, let's not fuck around and do Mental Samurai. (laughs) Let's not fuck around and do Ultimate Tag. This time around, they decided to try their hands at actually doing a game show that people have heard of. And it's a format that is as old as cruise ships were invented. A lovely little show called Name That Tune. Now, name that too when you first uh, remember that show. It was a show that existed in the 70s and the 80s. Uh, one of my favorite hosts was Tom Kennedy, who unfortunately passed away last year. Uh, the classic format of uh, Name That Tune, if none of you have ever seen uh, Name That Tune, is that there is a melody roulette, then a bit of note, and then a golden melody. So, uh, Tom Kenny would spin a wheel, and whatever it landed on was the value of naming the tune. Uh, if you got it right, you got the money, and th- it just worked from there. Uh, that was, and whoever had the, believe the most money had the advantage of bidding first in bid a note. Uh, so with bid a note, uh, it was a point system, not a cash system. You get a, a really subtle clue to a hit song. 
So uh, this Pharrell classic would put a smile on your face. And then you would have to basically bid how many notes you can name that tune. And it would start at 10 and you would work its way down, uh, which is the reverse auction. So I can name that tune in six notes, four notes, three notes, two notes. Okay, name that tune. Doon, doon. Uh, is it happy? It's happy. Doon, 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 because I'm happy. That, that kind of laughable fun. Uh, so in bit of note, first to three advances to Golden Melody. And in Golden Melody, you would have to guess seven songs in, in 30 seconds. If you get one wrong, the game is over. So it becomes this high-stakes, big-money game. Now, that was the original format of Name That Tune, and they decided, well, we don't really want to try our hands at that anymore. We're reviving this show for a 2020s vision. So what they decided to do for a revived version of Name That Tune is uh, slightly tweak it a bit. <clears throat> so first of all, uh, one thing you have to point fingers at, covid COVID has really been a menace in not just America, but the entire world. We are over a million deaths, and in this country, we're near 300,000 as of this recording. I'm from Los Angeles, so I'm really feeling this pain right now. I've already lost a couple of friends through COVID. I have had well over 20 people I know personally test positive from this shit. And it's really scary. So I understand COVID protocols. I understand social distance and wanting to make a game show as quickly as you can because something's there. So name that tune works. It's it, For where we are right now in this country and in the world, go for it. Uh, so what they decided to do was they filmed this in Australia and got basically... Austra people who are American living in Australia at the time, whether they're expats or dual citizens uh, who have to who live in Australia at the moment. And that's a hard casting call, by the way. And they pick them up to do Name That Tune. So with each episode of Name That Tune, it's an hour-long show, which means they're following the classic new format of two half-hour games. Uh, with a six-act structure of an act one, an act two, and an act three. End of game one. Act four is the first of game two, five, and six. So we'll just, for act of simplicity here, just pretend it's a half-hour show. Uh, and act one, we're introduced to our two players. Hi, Jane! And we start playing a mini-game. Now... It's no longer a golden, uh, it's no longer a melody roulette. There's no spinning of a wheel of any kind on this version of Name That Tune. Now it's like a little mini game, rather than on the buzzer showdown, a pick a category, some sort of little mixed bag relating to basically naming tunes. Basically like pick something from the jukebox and we'll play it and then you have to name that tune. Uh, first correct answer is for a thousand. Second's worth two thousand. Third's worth three thousand. Then I think four, and then six thousand. The idea is to I think have enough so there is enough to there is no way to do a tiebreaker going into round two. 
Uh, Jane Krakowski is your host for this version of Name That Tune, a name that a lot of people kind of were shaking their head at, going, I don't, why Jane? She's not like a, she's not like a Grammy-winning singer. She's not Jamie Foxx. She's not really like a music, you don't associate her with music. You associate Jane Krakowski with comedy. She's a funny actress. You remember her from Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, for instance. But on the show, it's exactly like people puzzle her. When she's reading the prompter, it's just very, Hi, welcome to Name That Tune. Let's meet our players. Hey, you work in fashion. You work in advertising. Fantastic. Let's play the game. But when she goes off script or when it's something in related to the song or an ad lib that a contestant says, she perks up and she plays with the contestants. And when I see that, I go, yes, we're actually seeing an actually good host here. But it's lost in the sea of uh, bland, to say the least. Jane's pretty good. Uh, but when it comes to playing off the cue, it just is. It, it's equal to Joel McHale card sharks. I like Joel McHale. I thought he was a great fit because he's dry-witted for Card Shark, so it's kind of like a Jim Perry situation here. You have $4,000. With Jane, it's kind of like you asked your mom to host Name That Tune at your birthday party. So she's kind of looking at the question cards, and she's like, oh, I love this one. Oh, this is a great song. That That's the kind of vibe I get off Jane Krakowski. <laughs> and... Uh, Jane is fun. I think she's very charming and delightful and like they could have gotten a lot worse hosts. When I was thinking like a reboot and name that tune before I even heard of uh, of Jane Krakowski and Randy Jackson as band leader, I was thinking like DJ Khaled. I was thinking like MTV. I wasn't thinking Jane. But uh, it also feels like what they tried to do and I'm just going to hammer this in right now. I think they got Jane Krakowski because they couldn't get Elizabeth Banks. I think what we just saw was basically just the Elizabeth Banks pilot, but with Jane Krakowski. But I don't know. That's just what I'm thinking happened here. They were trying to get some brilliant actress to be a host, and they got Jane Krakowski. She's... She's not quite to the level of Elizabeth Banks, because I will say Elizabeth Banks on uh, Press Your Luck is one of the best like hosting of a game show in modern history. You want because she knows like okay, this is the moment. Register like oh, they just lost a hundred thousand dollars through a whammy. Uh for Jane, she has to play party guest. She has to play a party host. Hi, welcome to Name That Tune. Here's Randy Jackson and the band leader. Yo, what's up, dog? It's me, Randy Jackson. Dog, dog, you remember American Idol. Um, and the house band of singers who all have different guitars and instruments and a backup singers, too. So anything can really be covered. And that's kind of clever, too, the way that they handle the music in the show is still through a live orchestra like it was in the olden days of the original Name That Tune. Of course, it's no longer 50s and 60s songs. It's more 80s, 90s, 2000s, 2010s. Because I think they want to have like a 40-year gap of, of what is your knowledge. Although I did hear a couple 70s tracks as well. 
the, the name that tune is it's still a pop culture game show it's still being able to recognize songs and it's still being able through notes so uh now that we've established act one as being a mini game let's go into round two which is when the game actually starts i will just say right now the, the game actually starts at round two it doesn't start in the beginning it starts at round two and that's bit a note because just like in the original version of name that tune whoever is the person to get most money in this game goes to the golden melody in the case of this version that's the, the rules it used to be points now it's money so we are throwing a thousand dollars and two thousand and three thousand we start with ten thousand dollars in round two we're just saying fuck you here's some money for you and i love that i just love how they just went yeah screw it here's shitloads of money for you and it becomes more of a uh it becomes more of, of the game show i remember jane reads a clue okay how many notes do you want to go with i bet and and i think what they did was because the casting and that's what i'm guessing a lot of the fandom will hate is the casting made every statement from a contestant and jane very rehearsed because everything almost is repeated over and over again or it is stated over and then tweaked slightly enough that you can almost understand everything that's about to happen within two or three seconds before it happens. Okay, this song is for $10,000. Your clue is this Grammy-winning hit made Billie Eilish not so awful. Okay, Hey, Jordan, I can name that song. Sorry, I can name that tune in four notes. Ooh. Well, Jordan, I can name that tune in one note. Ooh. And then Jane stares and goes, oh. Well, you said one note. There are four. You have to name this tune. This Grammy-winning hit made Billie Eilish not so awful. Randy? Play that note. Boop. Bad guy. It's bad guy. Boop 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 And then we just keep going after they play like ten seconds and everyone's dancing. You just got ten thousand dollars. This next song is for fifteen thousand dollars. Your clue is. And it just keeps going from there. This third clue is for $20,000. Your clue is... This is our final clue. This is for $25,000. Whoever can get this, if you can get this right, you advance. You need this to go on. For $25,000, your clue is this 90s song is always on the calendar how many notes well jordan i can name that tune in seven notes Ooh, i can name that tune jordan in six notes Ooh, okay jordan i see ya i name that tune in three notes Ooh, it just becomes more of like a oh okay now, clearly, they were rehearsed to say that. You have to say the contestant's name. I can name that tune 
in however many notes. Or if you're going to challenge, you need to really push the challenge. You're on blank. Name that tune. And uh, yeah, and spin the note. And it's fun. I still love playing bit of note. I still love Randy Jackson having this grand piano. And then all you see is a close-up of Randy Jackson's hand going, beep, boop. And that's it. (laughs) I love that. That is classic. Name that too. And it makes everything so dramatic over this really cool grand piano. And then boop, boop. And that's it. (laughs) And Randy has this big smile on his face like boop, boop. (laughs) I just love it. Uh, So whoever has the most money at the end of round two goes on to the golden melody, which is the final round, which is act three, which means a commercial break. Hi, welcome back to Name That Tune. This was already recorded after the fact because our production kind of screwed these up. Our winner tonight is Jordan. He already has 80000 some odd dollars, and now it's time to win an additional $100,000 through the golden melody. Golden melody works like this. We'll see seven songs. From all decades. You buzz in, you tell me the song. If you're right, you get $10,000. If you can get seven songs within 30 seconds, you'll win $100,000. Now, I should point this out it's cumulative. So 10,000 is added, then 10,000 is added, then 10,000 is added, then 10,000 is added. So you're actually getting an additional $160,000, not a hundred grand. So. If I'm doing my math correctly, if you play the game pretty dead on perfectly, you're almost at $210,000, 215, which is crap loads of money for name that tune and I'm not going to get upset by that. Uh clearly they're just throwing money at the show hoping that's enticing you to keep watching and it's that's fine. Uh name that tune still works as a game concept. Jane Krakowski's pretty fun randy jackson offers words of support and it's almost kind of like a supermarket sweep what do i always say neil with randy jackson because randy always goes like well you know the great uh the philosopher plato once said and then offers some moral advice that was said in an inspirational quote <clears throat> uh but yeah i i i'm not i'm i don't see the hate the show might get i can already hear well, I don't like it because it's like Beach Shazam. But you, when Beach Shazam started, everyone said this is named that tune. And this is actually named that tune. And they're going, this is Beach Shazam. Or, I don't like Jane. Just, uh, Jane's fine. She's just reading off the prompter. She's trying to be quirky and smiling. She is. She really is just your mom at a birthday party. And you know what? If you like your mom... You will like Jane. <laughs> you want to give Jane a big old hug. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> and Randy's fun. It's like, that's what I would envision. Like, if you want a band leader, you want someone that's like a DJ that can perform instruments and understands music, that works. Because now you're having someone who loves music, Randy Jackson, and you have a Jane who's trying to be comedic like most comedic hosts. So it works, and because it's two half-hour shows, you get another game at the second half, which is the same concept I just read. There's a mini game, a bit of note, ooh, three notes, ooh, two notes, and then the golden melody, and that's it. Now, unlike Supermarket Sweep, there's really no stakes in this game. It's just throwing money, throwing money, throwing money. It's just at Golden Melody, if you get one wrong, the game is over. 
So if you ring in, say pass, just like in the original. Um, to me, I think I, I'm. This is where I'm throwing my high. This is producer Jordan. Just like how I said what I would do with People Puzzler, I will keep Jane, by the way. I'll keep Jane and Randy. Just pretend those two are, are part of the show because I think that's great. If it was me, I would have made it so it is golden. I would just do the roulette wheel. I would I would do the wheel, but make it three players. Uh, and you just make it so there's up to $5,000 in cash. But it's like five hundred increments, so five hundred, a thousand, fifteen, two, two thousand five hundred, five thousand. Uh, you spin the wheel, and if you name that tune after like what five songs? Should we go with five? I think five works. Uh, whoever has the most, uh, the two with the most money wins. You have three players, so after gold melody, you're down to two. We already gave away money, so now it's do bid a note. And bit of note, you go back and forth to determine who goes on to Golden Melody. This is a crucial bonus round. First to get three points wins. And you just keep going from there. <laughs> uh, and then you go straight to Golden Melody, which is Act 3. But now you do it so I it is 10,000 per correct answer. Uh, and then after five, you have $50,000. Do you want to double it in game six for a hundred thousand with the remaining song you have left? Then you would like, or something like, like I would hate to do something like Supermarket Zoo where it's just double or lose everything, but just something where it's like you can stop and quit, take like the ten thousand dollars you've banked, because uh, because where it is now is just eh, it needs something. It just I think that golden melody either needs to be all or nothing. Like you have to get all seven right. To get $100,000, and we add it to your gold melody, so you want $108,000 or $120,000. Or you or you know what? Just do bit a note and make it $5,000, and then you're guaranteed $15,000 because it's a primetime game show. Something where it's, you you even if you lost gold melody, well, it's not all bad. You made this much money tonight. But there is stakes, like $100,000 if you can correctly name six songs uh, seven songs in 30 seconds. Uh, the way it's handled is exactly how I would present it and keep it like that because it is great. Uh, I would give it a solid B+. I enjoy it. I might return to name that tune uh, as long as it's not after The Masked Dancer. I'm not reviewing The Masked Dancer on this episode because I already did. Masked Dancer sucks. I hate the Masked Dancer. I like The Masked Singer. I don't like The Masked Dancer. Masked Singer is great because the concept that they've created for Masked Singer is that you can have everybody who's a celebrity on an equal platform, which means a comedian is up against a Grammy winner, up against a rapper, up against an actor in a singing show, a la The Voice. You don't know who's going to win because their heads are turned. They're only going by the vocals which makes it a great show mixed with the element of who are these people. That's kind of like masquerade party. Mask dancer has none of that. Mask dancer is just basically you're watching a high school mascot do jumping jacks for five minutes. And then everyone's like, Oh, that must be Zachary Ty Bryan from home improvement. It just, it's not that fun of a show. <laughs> 
uh, Craig is a good sh- good host. I've seen his, his uh, carpool karaoke wannabe show on, on Spike. It was great. He just gets these bad formats. Come on. <laughs> uh, but no, like, like if you're doing dancing, there's not a lot of choreography on that show already. And it's not like a traditional dance like something you would see on Dancing with the Stars. So there's no point in the masked dancer other than we need a spinoff of the masked singer. And Ellen DeGeneres had this one bit called Masked Dancer because it's popular. Let's try it out and see what happens. It doesn't work. I don't like it. Blech, gross. But uh, yeah, name that tune. Good. I love it. That's the kind of show it's like, man, if only this was like at the time of Don't Forget the Lyrics, or oh man, if only this came out when that happened, or this happened. Where was this when this existed? But the fact it exists now, it, it, I'm still loving it. I will still enjoy the show. I just need to figure out the time slots. Because currently, name that tune, I enjoy it. I'm going to probably think the game show fandom will hate it. Because it's like Beach Shazam, or because it's on Fox, or some other very inane, snarky, bullshit reason. But name that tune's good. I will, I will, I will say watch Act Two onwards, uh, or just go to Golden Melody because that's the two parts where it really does matter. Although that first act, if you just want to kind of just have a lighthearted mini game, which I kind of like the factors variety in that, it's good. I would give that maybe like a B. That's a B show. Uh, name that tune. Which leads us into our big final three tonight. Hi, I'm back. Uh, I just hit stop recording and I I just waited like a few minutes and then I'm back in the exciting world of podcasting, as it were. And now I kind of realized, you know, I could have just paused this entire time and catch my breath every single time I do Honest Toss or, or one of these game show reviews. I could have taken a break paused composed myself got a snack went to the bathroom and then record i forgot i i've been doing this shit for two and a half years (laughs) what (laughs) you couldn't even remember how to do basic podcasting couldn't even remember why game shows have breaks in between acts or in between setups Maybe because even they know their personalities on stage can't talk nonstop for an hour about anything. And that's including me. Anyway, hi. So uh, we are recording every game show pretty much out there tonight. And uh, this is is act two of a three-act show is tonight's block. We're dealing with, you guessed it, the the fun and games block the winter fun and games so supermarket sweep came to an end i don't need to review that i already have love it best game show best game show right up there pyramid uh and two i also know to tell the truth is returning but you already probably know that it always improves every season so i'm looking forward to that we're talking about the three that air tonight Celebrity Wheel of Fortune, The Chase, and The Hustler. Three game shows. Well, one's already a show that kind of already exists. It's in syndication. 
One is a reboot of a game show there on Game Show Network that's an import from something from the UK. And the third is a completely original game show. So for me, oh yeah, this is a big night for me. This is all game show tropes rolled into one. An import, an original, and just something that you already have seen before. So first let's start with Celebrity Wheel of Fortune. I uh, loved it. The end. No, I'm just kidding here. Celebrity Wheel of Fortune, I will say, is the best version of Wheel of Fortune I have seen in maybe 20 years. Not even kidding. I love this version of Wheel of Fortune. I like the fact that they they created a brand new version of their new version of the theme song. You know, that... Now it's more like jazzy. It's like, yeah, this is Celebrity Edition. This is Celebrity Wheel of Fortune. You're in a fancy town. And um, it really did subvert my expectations for the show. When I thought the show was going to be, it wasn't the case. Both in good and unfortunately for bad. I thought it was going to be you get three celebrities to play Wheel of Fortune as it is in the syndicated version. They just threw out all the trips and they just added more money to the board. And then they would just default $100,000 in the bonus round unless it's a million dollars wedge, in which case you're playing for a million dollars. That's what I assumed it was going to be. It's not that. And I kind of got disappointed. Uh, but I also remember, well, I got to assume that no one watching Celebrity Wheel of Fortune maybe watches the syndicated version because maybe they're not around at 7 o'clock at night or 7.30. I'm not choosy. But uh, they basically got rid of every gimmick space on the board. There is no gimmicks on the board other than lose a turn and bankrupt. There is no free play. There is no half car. There is no express wedge. There is no mystery round. It is just spin the wheel, call letter, get the value. Now, this is where it gets weird. They don't play it like they do in the main regular show that you're you're watching with Pat Sajak. When it's Pat and Vanna, and they're both mic'd up now, by the way. So Pat's mic'd and Vanna. So now Vanna's talking and... I like that. Why don't they keep Vanna talking in the regular show? Keep Pat being this glibby, wacky person because he only ad-libs maybe twice in an episode and even then it's just kind of like, well, Rosemary the teacher, you really uh, are the head of the class right now with uh, $4,000 and uh, we'll be right after back after this. <laughs> like that's 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 not... But with Celebrity Wheel of Fortune... It brought out the best in Pat Sajak. It brought out the best in Vanna White, the two classic game show hosts. For me, I still watch Wheel of Fortune, and I fucking dislike Wheel of Fortune. I watch the show, and I see Vanna just, like, clapping and touching screens. She doesn't get to talk other than, promotional consideration are paid for by the following. Or Pat and Vanna doing the monologue at the end of the show other than that nothing much happens and i get kind of disappointed because it's like well no they seem to have a jovial personality on the celebrity edition uh and it 
worked. It, it it felt like, hey, he's having a good time now. It's not like I'm back to work and I fucking hate this job. Hi, Jim. How's it going? Well, Pat, this episode's brought to you by Eggland's Best Eggs. No, uh, it is actually like to me it felt like a flashback to the 90s in a way that was good good 90s really good pat sajak this was this is almost like pat sajak has not missed a beat he's playing the hits he's having fun the contestants are having fun i'm watching this game and having fun and playing along which was what wheel of fortune was supposed to be they got rid of all the gimmicks i don't have to explain what a free spin was or the jackpot or the the uh what was that one that they had the crossword the new crossword letter none of that However, they did change it up a bit. So they still do the $1,000 toss-up and the $2,000 toss-up, which I still don't understand why they have to do that when you consider they changed the value in the triple toss-up in the next round. So they do a in round one. You spin the wheel. You play the game like you normally do. Uh, there's a million-dollar wedge. Instead of the bankrupt million bankrupt, it's just a solid million-dollar wedge. And uh, I think they put that where, and, and then anything that's a prize is 950. 950 or 650. Those are their two values. Take it or leave it. And then they go into round two with the same well, but now there's four million dollar wedges. We've upped the stakes to try and incentivize someone getting the million dollar wedge. Of course, because this is Wheel of Fortune, and they still is Wheel of Fortune. They still want to make sure you have that bullshit mechanism that I fucking hate since the very beginning when they implemented the show. <clears throat> if you land on the $1 million wedge and you call a letter, you can pick up the $1 million wedge. But it's not yours quite yet. You have to first solve the puzzle. If you bankrupt at any point, either during this round or in any rounds afterwards you'll lose the million dollar wedge if you get a million dollar wedge one of the one hundred thousand dollar wedges at the end of the bonus round becomes a million dollar wedge if you spin the wheel and it's the million dollar wedge and you answer the final puzzle correctly you get a million dollar it shouldn't feel that complicated it really should have just been like if you hit the million dollars we're playing for a million dollars just something like that i understand you have a budget you don't want to throw that much money out but Jesus Christ. So after two rounds of play, just two puzzles, not like the main game where it's three puzzles. Huh? You thought I didn't notice that, Wheel of Fortune? It's not two, it's three. The reason why it's three, so everyone goes first in a round. Not anymore. No, no, no. Now it's the first two uh, toss-up puzzles. Gets round one and two. <clears throat> Then they do the triple toss-up. In triple toss-up, it's $5,000. That means $15,000 is up for grabs. And then a round three puzzle. And this is where I get to explain the actual new rules of the show. So, if you get round one right, you win the value of your pot, like in Wheel of Fortune, plus a $5,000 bonus. That's good. Round two, a $10,000 bonus also good the round two also will give you an audience member a chance to win ten thousand dollars at home wheel watchers wheel of fortune.com watch watch win 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 and watch play at home game 
Critical Toss-Up. Round three, $20,000. But this time, there's a $5,000 space to the wheel. And whoever has the most money after round three with the $20,000 bonus goes on to the first of two final spins. Now, there is no, oh, that means we're out of time. I give the wheel a final spin. Ask you to pick a letter, fouls worth nothing, constants worth none none of that anymore. Pat doesn't get to spin the wheel. It's just after three, we move on to the bonus. So if you're playing along at home, just like every game show I'm going to explain tonight that is two half-hour games, it's a six-act structure. It's a fucking six-act game show. First act is round one and two. Round two is the $20,000 round three wheel. And then when you get to the third act, guess what? It's the bonus round. They spin the wheel, RSTLNE, Vanna, boop, boop, boop. Now three constants and a vowel, boop, boop. Okay, you have 20 seconds. Talk it out. Do, 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 do. Oh, you just won $50,000. Let's play again. That's it. Because in act four, Hi, welcome. We're playing with the same three players. Here's a thousand dollar toss up. We cleared the board. Now you're going to do it all over again. <clears throat> so for uh, after round after act two with the round three game, I know that's going to complicate people. We do our final spin and the final spin. Now, when they do that big bonus spin board thing, it, it's when it's normally you see the show, it's like cars. It's a uh, hundred thousand dollars. And then it's like 38,000 because we're in a 38th season. Whoa. Uh, but now it's 25,000, 50,000, 75,000. But now there's four, four $100,000 envelopes. Wow, lucky. <clears throat> uh, if you get the million dollar wedge, one of them is a million dollars. Wow, cool. So then, R, S, T, L, and E, three constants and a vowel. Beep, boop, beep, boop. All right, 20 seconds. Talk it out, celebrity. You solve the puzzle. Oh, wow. Therefore, your charity so far has something, 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 something. We go into round two where we clear the board like it's a, a Jeopardy Grace of All Time tournament. We clear the board, and we start from the top. Here's a $1,000 toss-up, a $2,000 toss-up, and let's play again with round one and two commercial break five thousand dollar wedge you're going under a bonus round final act hey you get a fin spin rstlne here we go it's uh it's the same show it's the exact same show uh just no gimmicks but they are able to banter with each other and i love that uh pat being really good vanna ad-libbing and playing along with the wheel is great and I like that. That to me, that brought a huge smile on my face. Uh, the um, issue I have with the show is that uh, it's still game breaking. <laughs> they still kind of did a prize puzzle thing with the bonuses. I think they should have. If it was me, I hate to. I I hate saying that. I keep doing that every episode. But if it was me, five thousand dollars, ten thousand dollars. And then you would uh, <clears throat> the I, see what I was thinking is if you're doing a, a episode where it's an hour long wheel of fortune with the same celebrities, why not just have it be an hour of these puzzles, and you can introduce each round as one puzzle, 
and you can do like a toss-up to determine who gets a bonus 5,000 and spins the wheel. Like, you don't have to do 1,000, 2,000, 3,000, just flat out $5,000. All right, well, before we get to this puzzle, uh, let's do a toss-up to determine the play. It's going to be food and drink. Vanna, do-do-do-do-do. All right, so-and-so, you go first. We're looking for a 80s song lyric. Spin the wheel. <clears throat> and then you just play the game with bigger values. Just add like a thousand to some of those values. So it's like twelve hundred dollars, fourteen hundred dollars, two thousand dollars. <sighs> and then like, oh, you solve the puzzle. That's great. Well, now let's move on. After two puzzles, hey, it's five thousand dollars on the wheel, and it's your favorite, the five thousand dollars space. Uh, and then, because I'm thinking six act structure here. Notice how I'm thinking here. Six acts. The first two are twenty five hundred. Second two is for five thousand. Act five is ten thousand dollars. Whoa, a rare ten thousand dollars space on the wheel. That's amazing. Cool. It's golden. Whoa. And then you do that act six being you're playing for a hundred thousand dollars. You don't have to do the final spin of the America's game wheel of fortune wheel of wheel. You just make $100,000. You can drop the confetti even if you want to. Unless they have the million-dollar wedge, in which case they're playing for a million dollars. R-S-T-L-N-E, Vanna, help them out. <clears throat> the set is good. Uh, they basically repurpose the uh, regular set because of COVID. They still have to use the uh, wheel spinner. I'm calling it a wheel spinner. I know everyone's trying to come up with, with clever things like the white thingy, but it's not white, it's gold. Uh, or a wheel condom. <laughs> it's I call it a spinner. They're just using a spinner to spin the wheel. It's what people use. It's just a bicycle grip anyway. Um, it may as well just use a Dixie cup. Uh, <laughs> one of those uh, solo red solo cups. Just <laughs> crunch it. Uh, I I I if it was me, I would either do a half hour with. with three contestants then another half hour with three more contestants or you would do a full hour and you would make each act feel a little special if that makes sense um i understand why they did two half hour shows i i understand what they're trying to aim for uh when it comes to what celebrity will fortune might look like because from the looks of things they're trying to aim for greatest of all time tournament edits so in the off chance there need to be off for a reason, such as production, they can re-air Celebrity Wheel Fortune in syndication and re-edit the show so you have four acts. By putting two rounds, you just split one in half. Um, <clears throat> so uh, now that we've moved on from Celebrity Wheel Fortune, I think it's good. If you love Wheel of Fortune, you will love this show. This is the best version of Wheel of Fortune so far I've seen on television in quite a while. I wish that it had a little bit more, but that's just wishful thinking. And uh, I, I I enjoyed it. I, I think it's, it's a good enough show. Uh, watch it if you don't watch regular-ass Wheel of Fortune. Now we move on to a brand-new game show. It's so brand new, 
a tried it in GSN and it flopped. This is the chase. <clears throat> so I have to uh, first uh, explain that in a recent episode of the GSIS Extras, which are available here on Patreon, I said I do not like the chase. I still do not like the chase. That's it. Fuck the fuck that show. I think it's boring. I think the chase is a truly boring format. I watched the UK version. I will just quickly go. I watched the UK version. I understand why people like it. Don't get me wrong. It's it's because it's basically like a win Benstein's money, but with a trivia expert. And a lot of the people who love the show never seen eggheads. Or have never seen 15 to 1 or any of the other quiz game shows that exist in Britain. The chase, however, works because Bradley Walsh is kind of like a Pat Sajak host. He's very glib. He's kind of wit. He's kind of wacky. And the chasers themselves, they kind of become the villain of the episode. So it's kind of like a rogues gallery. And each of them have their own personality and their own sort of charisma that it makes each episode feel a little special. Oh, this episode's the Cineman. Oh, it's the Governess. I get it. I don't get it. And uh, it's that final chase because, ooh, ah, did you see the really smart person get 21 questions right in a row and completely f- screw up this team who won, who was going to win like 4,000 pounds because <laughs> they don't give away that much money on the show unless it's a celebrity special. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's kind of the appeal of the show, I think. It's because it's a quiz game and not a lot of Americans like have a lot of quiz shows because America doesn't care much for quizzing except for Jeopardy. So when the when the chase showed up on GSN, it was with Brooke Burns and Mark Labette, the the Beast on the UK chase. And hey, that kind of worked because it was five thousand in the cash bill. Let's go play the game like it was, but with three uh, uh, contestants instead of four, which is in the UK version, and. I'll say it was okay. I I would not say it's the greatest of all time game show. I still don't care much. I thought it was too dark. It's too draft. I get it. There's a C corridor and all that. It's just, to me, like the GSN run, it's the chase if you wanted to do the chase like the UK one, but with US sensibilities, if that makes sense. We need to get American contestants, but we need to have the beast and $5,000 per correct answer and a bank. And also we need to have, a, like, so it's like Brooke Burns. She's beautiful, and it's the beast. So you can have, like, a beauty and the beast dynamic. So you can make it seem like they're they're against each other or they're a couple, and she likes the brains of the beast. That's why they're friends. Something some, like that. So you can have, it didn't work. It also doesn't work because it's Game Show Network. And as we've just established this episode, Game Show Network doesn't want to give out shitloads of money. Uh, and The Chase, even though it's a really fun game show with a $5,000 per correct answer, uh, you're looking at maybe six figures every episode to be given away uh, unless The Chaser wins, which is what the production is expecting. Uh, and that's kind of tough to do. Um especially when some of the questions that Mark Lebeck gets wrong is on 
U.S. businesses, and he's not really attributed to American businesses, Uh, which is also the same about what they do in the Chase Australia, for instance. So everything is dark. It feels very 2010s. Watching this version of the Chase, uh, the one with that we're seeing tonight, by the way, on of the Chase is the flip opposite. In this version, Sarah Hines is the host. Sarah Hines is on The View currently on ABC, so there's synergy. You can watch The View on ABC and then in prime time watch The Chase. Sarah is not Brooke. Now, Brooke has been a game show host. She's also very uh, fantastic at trying to glib, and she's doing masterminds right now, and she's doing really fantastic on that show. Uh, Clearly... People like to say the Masterminds is a watered-down version of the chase because there's trivia experts there, and one of them just happens to be Ken Jennings. On the chase, uh, it is played like the regular game in the UK. Uh, So, in this version, however, they're kind of aiming it for, look, we got the Jeopardy experts who are in the greatest of all time tournament to be the chasers. So we're going to keep saying Jeopardy five times maybe an episode uh, because Jeopardy, Jeopardy, Jeopardy. You know, Ken Jennings from Jeopardy, James Holtzauer from Jeopardy, Brad Rutter from Jeopardy. And they tried a little too hard to do the uh, characters for each of these people because that's the chase and you got to have a character. It's silly. So is Ken Jennings is the professor. I, I don't know why he's not a professor of anything. I don't think he teaches at university. Does Ken Jennings teach at a university? I know he's really defensive about that bean dad I heard about recently, but that's, that's for another day. Um, you got the buzzsaw, Brad Rudder, which I I don't know. Is does is Brad Rudder like a lumberjack on the side? Does he have a side hustle doing logging? I, I don't know. And then James Holtzauer is the high roller because he's in Vegas and he does bets and he's famous for doing all ins on the daily doubles. So it's some something like that. Um. Anyway, so in this hot new version of the chase. Uh, the teams have a minute to get as many questions as they can. It's an individual game first. Uh, for each correct answer that they get is worth $25,000. Yes, $25,000. That, that is more than game show minimum. That's way more than game show. Match game gives away $25,000 if you play the game perfectly. <laughs> Here, you just have to remember Sacramento is the capital of California and you get twenty five dollars and so I guess what they're trying to aim for, if I had to guess, is they're trying to get for 10, right? That's what I always picture in my head is if they're if you're really good at this game show, because it's how many can you get in 60 seconds? I think they're aiming for 10 is the max. So a quarter million dollars is the theoretical top. But we're going to say for the simplicity of the game, because theoretically law of averages, timing, Sarah, all that, four. They're aiming for a four-answer correction, so it's $100,000. Has to be. Because what I remember correctly in the original GSN chase is $20,000 being like a common. So it would be $20,000, then the two offers. One in the forward, which is an advantage, but it's like less money, usually $5,000 or $1,000. 
and then a step back, which is a more advantage for the chaser, and it's like 50,000 or 75,000. So in this version of the chase, uh, after their $25,000 cash builder, you go up to the, the plate, and uh, we did the same offers. Now, it plays exactly like the chase does all the time, the main chase game. You just need to get five correct answers to put that money in your bank. That's it. But the chaser, which is either Ken or Brad or James, is just two steps behind you. Meaning if you get three wrong, you're out of the game. But if you want to take a step forward, let's say you got four, right? $100,000. The chaser will gladly give you $45,000. Or if you want to be daring and risk that money, and take a step back, meaning they only need to get two correct answers over you, and you need to get six correct answers in a six correct answers, right? The chaser will offer you how about three hundred and fifty thousand dollars? Whoa, big money. And that becomes the show. Um and then rinse repeat, they answer questions as multiple choice. You have eight seconds to answer if you're right you advance if you're wrong you stay put if the chaser gets it right they advance so the whole point is do you get to the bank before the chaser does uh and then you get to the final chase after all three players have gone through their individual challenges we do the final chase how many can you get in two minutes and then the chaser has to basically match that or beat that. If the if they get a question wrong, we stop the clock. You get it right. You push the chaser back. And it becomes this big frantic uh, head-to-head final that is why people like the chase in the first place. That's it. That's the chase. It's the same game you've seen over and over again. However, now that I've explained why the show is very boring, because I will still tell you this. The show is very boring. I don't... Look, I like quiz games. I like drama more. I like quiz games that can be a little bit more, if that makes sense. Like, Double There's a quiz show, but there's physical challenges, for instance. Uh, Millionaire has drama attached to it. Uh, When you watch Jeopardy, it's a trivia show. And, but then when it gets to a daily double or or into a uh, final Jeopardy, there's stakes in the game that make it a little bit more twisted. Uh, on the chase, it's just question, 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 question. Okay, well, you got four questions right. That's great. Now let's do this part question. Is that right? Yes. Chaser, did you get it right? Yes. Question. Did you get that right? Chaser, what did you get? You got it right. Did you get it right? No. Chaser, did you get that right? Yes. Okay. And that, and then it's the big risky final round. Question. 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 It's really boring on paper. It's a really boring show that I think would put most mainstream people to sleep. However. Now that I've said that out of the way, this is the best version of the chase. This is the best version of the chase. This is the, just like how Celebrity Wheel of Fortune is the best version of Wheel of Fortune I've seen in years, this is the best interpretation of the chase. This is a really good version of the chase. 
this is what I would have assumed if I had to like the call to re to make the chase. This is something I would have came up with, just not the values. Because holy shit, I do not want to give away like four hundred thousand dollars. But um, if they want to, I mean, it's their fucking money. I don't care. So uh, it, it's it's one of those great things where they have a new soundtrack. There's, it's not the chase team. It's not that do 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 do. I don't know why I'm doing like Shark Tank also in the middle there. Um, there's no C corridor. They're not the content the 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 chasers the three. They're there in every episode. So what they decided to do, which is kind of clever, the setting is now more gladiatorial arena. There's a lot more uh, lines and waves. It looks like a way cooler version of the Who Wants to Be a Millionaire set, by the way. I love this set. Whoever designed the set for the chase, I love this set. You made a really cool set. <laughs> this is a set that blows my mind every time I saw something show up on screen. Rather, it's a correct answer and advancement on the game board or in the back wall for the final chase, or in the floor itself when there's little sparkles, or when it's correct, it turns green or red, because game show, you have to game show trademark, green is good, red is bad. And you have Ken, and you have Brad, and you have James. And a clever thing that I had is they no longer have the C corridor. They got rid of it. And I, I'm glad because I fucking hate that fucking C corridor. I still don't get the appeal of, oh, here comes the chaser. Boop, 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 boop. Hello. No, no. You just do that at the start of the show. They're sitting there for the entirety of the show. Because th that's all they had to do. And it's clear when they had the, 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 the show in mind, they even had for COVID adaptability in mind too. So yes, all the contestants are distant from each other, but they even thought of, well, if this gets a season two pickup, there's stairs. So maybe like Ken or Brad can walk down the stairs and congratulate the team at the end of the show. Or, Hey, what if, uh, we had this happen, or an audience. This could be perfect for an audience placement in the second because it's like a grandstand area. That's They really thought of everything on the set, and they made it COVID-friendly in a way that doesn't look like a horrible COVID game show. A lot of COVID game shows just look like, yeah, they're six feet away, and the, because game show sets are very tiny, uh, they look like they are in three totally different studios right now. But uh, <laughs> but for where it is, it, it looks nice. It's a fantastic set. The music package in the chase is great. The final chase music, it's, it's not the same as it was in the UK version. It's not the same as it is in the US version either on the Game Show Network. This is a third package. And this one is more, uh, it, it's, it's less stringy. It's more, it's, it's, it's kind of more like a, uh, like a little tabs, a little like thinking music. It's very like it's it's stressful paced music, which tells me whoever's the composer of this really kind of thought like what what well I've never seen the game show before, but what does pacing sound like? What does thinking sound like? What does a cerebral gladiatorial thing sound like? It sounds like you're thinking but in a fight. 
and I like that. It, the the graphics on this set are different. Well, they still have the back wall, light-up wall, and the game board, because I think that's kind of the two factors that are required for the chase. Uh, they decided to like fix it. The graphics package is different uh, fonts for everything, has different lines for everything, and that's necessary. I love it. I love that font library. I love the question. The only thing I don't like is that the question is huge, and then the three answers are very tiny <laughs> in a way that looks like they just did Arial font. That, to me, is the only thing that sticks out. Is like they couldn't connect the, the questions from the answers or, or do anything like that. And then when they do arrows, everything is direction by arrows. It's still blue arrows and orange arrows. And all of these have little designs in them. So, like, the blue arrows themselves have, like, Almost like that pressure, like faux light bulb aesthetic to make it look like an old old school game show, but it also has like fake mechanisms inside it to make it look like a uh, gear shift. So it looks like a physical uh, scrolling and physical flipping of the board, like it would have like if the chase somehow was a game show from the seventies or eighties, and we need to f- manually flip the money. <laughs> That's what it would have been. <laughs> so they were trying to go for like an old school inside this totally futuristic game show set, which I love. And in a new twist to the game, instead of just doing the bantering off of, hey, Ken Jennings, how did you know the answer? Well, I so, well, if you go, I think the name is French, so it has to be the. What they decided to do is besides that is they have, I think they called it the Chase Lounge because it's funny pun. Um where in the chase lounge it's the other two chasers because there's only three in our version it's james brad and ken whoever's the main chaser is there the entire episode so the other two rather it's brad or ken or james and brad or james and ken uh they're sitting in the background and they're basically doing snark 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 over everything and they're giving their own thoughts on the action. So it's almost like a play-by-play commentary on the main game. So it's, oh, he should have gone that right. Or how could he not get that right? Oh, wait, he's the oldest. He's, he doesn't know what c- cool kids like. Or oh, did she really say that? That's a bad guess. <laughs> so it becomes more of a fun, playful game show. It is very cerebral. It is very smart. And the chase is pretty good with like the, the questions and it's still pretty good with the gameplay format because it's still the same as the chase was in the UK. This Is this show a slam dunk? If you are a fan of the chase, I say yes. I still think the show is boring because it's a standalone quiz show. However, the music package is great. Sarah's the best host of recent history. I will say Sarah is the best host of the chase. Sarah is the best at, at, at even almost better than Leslie Jones on Supermarket Sweep in my mind for the show. She is involved. She is smart. She is very stern with the answers. She knows when to be, is this right? And when the dramatic is right, so you have to keep asking like 60 questions in like two minutes. She's nailed this. This feels like her game show. And uh, it makes me really want to watch Jeopardy because how many times did they fucking say Jeopardy in the show? But it's still a fun show. I like it. 
I'm going to believe this gets picked up for a second season and then gets canceled and treat this the same way I would 500 questions. However, I do like The Chase. I would give it a B. I, w- I would just say it's a B show. It's the best version of The Chased. It's the best version of The Chase. I will watch, th- if when the next episode comes, I will still watch it. I will still watch this version of The Chase. I don't need to watch Beat the Chasers. I don't need to watch The Chase Australia. But this, I think there's only, what, t- 10 episodes, 9 episodes? I'll watch those and then call it a night. Because I, I don't need my fill of The Chase daily. I don't need to watch The Chase every once in a while in the UK. This just, this will fill it up. This will be like, oh, the chaser won and they lost like, oh, Brad Rudder won and got like 22 questions right. And, oh, the team lost $350,000. Oh, no, what big loss. It's such a high stakes game show. But this is basically format. This is just a format game show. This is for the game show fans who love game shows and love formats and quiz shows of formats. This is your show for you. I think mainstream people will find the show very boring and confusing and not watch. Me, I understand the format quite well. They don't really, if they really wanted to amplify the show, they would make those ten the 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 uh, the offers in the in the main chase into a focal point. A dramatic point in the game because that's the only real po- part of the show where their the fate of the contestant is in their own hands everything else is just answering trivia questions and they don't really offer that they're trying to add stakes in a game where they really can't do stakes so they're just throwing money at it to hope oh wow four hundred thousand dollars can be won tonight is enough to entice you to keep watching uh, personally for me, I think that it should be more of a uh, focal point, but that's okay. I understand why they did. They just want to go straight to the chase and look, it's Ken Jennings, folks. Look, it's Brad Rudder, folks. Look, it's James Holtzauer, folks. And that's fine. I still love the set. I love the set. I love the lighting. There is like UK sound effects in this. There is the like, in the cash builder. When they do the uh, lock-in noise, you hear that whoop, whoop, whoop noise from, from the UK chase. And uh, when they win the round, you hear you hear the chase song, that do, 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 In a way that I think would appeal to the, the chase diehard fans from America, but really go over the heads of anyone else because they've never seen the chase before. So it's like you have to be a game show nerd and then you have to explain like the format and it's like the the quickest way to explain the show, by the way, answer is make uh, you build your bank with a minute of questions at 25,000 a piece. Then to get that money, you need to give five correct answers before the chaser does. Even though you're both playing with the same trivia. If you want... You can you can take an advantage and go one step ahead, but lose some of that money. Or if you're daring, you can answer six questions and be closer to the chaser, and you will get bigger money. If the chaser touches you on this game board, you're out of the game. So there's your stakes. If you can make it off the game board, you go on to a final round 
where it's all of you getting as many questions as you can against one player trying to get as many questions as they can. That's it. But knowing how we are with this, it's just going to be, well, there's a million questions, so 25,000, and they have to answer the questions. And if they get it right, they get the money. And if not, they don't get the money. But if they get closer, they get the bank money. And if they lose, they lose all the money. If the chaser touches them, they lose all the money. If they make the money, they go to the money round. In the money round, they answer the questions. They get the step forward. And if the step forward is less than the step forward, they get all the money. I, I watch your YouTube videos. You don't think I fucking hear what the fuck you guys are saying? The game show Phantom's weird and it's finicky. And I'm I will be honest, I don't think they're ever happy. I think it's the most cynical fandom on the planet, aside from pro wrestling. Cause they can never be happy. Even if you bring Bob Barker from the grave to bring back the prices right and this says exactly like it was back in nineteen eighty six. No, it's not like I wanted it to be. Blur's is that No one's ever happy with these things. So for me, I like the way the, the chase was handled. I give it a B. I like it. I recommend you watch it once and then probably never again. It's a must-see once episode, not really a every week kind of thing. Um, unless you're a big fan of the show, in which case, yeah, watch the chase. Uh, now we move on to our final format of the night, the hustler. I don't know what the fuck fuck the axe was. That was. Uh, was I trying to do Scottish? Was I trying to do Craig Ferguson? Welcome to the Hustler. It's me, Craig Ferguson, folks. Welcome to the Hustler. I tried to do a Craig Ferguson voice. It's not really a Scottish voice, but it's close enough. It's uh, it's a Hustler, folks. It's a great day for America, everybody. Uh... <laughs> anyway, the Hustler is an original game show. So everything we have talked about at this point has been a essentially spin-off, a uh, weird game show of some kind, a syndicated show, except for People Puzzler. People Puzzler is just crosswords. Um, <laughs> just, if they lose the People Puzzler license, they should just call it It's Just Crosswords. It's <laughs> like, hi, folks, welcome to It's Just Crosswords. <laughs> um... But yes, The Hustler is a brand new game show on ABC. It airs at 10 o'clock, which makes the late night show, which means they don't really have much faith in the show. Uh, heads up, folks. ABC, when they put your show on at 10 o'clock, they don't have faith in it. They didn't have faith in Card Sharks. They didn't have faith in Match Game. I don't think they have much faith in this show. So what is The Hustler? Hustler is a really confusing game show but the summary is uh there are five contestants but one of them isn't really playing of the team they're there to basically survive to the end of the show they are the hustler and it's up to the contestants to figure out whom they are i know grammar hmm they are um to do that they have to play a quick quiz in this game, there are just 10 trivia questions. Just 10 after watching the chase where there's 100. So a lot of the fandom might go, oh, this game's so slow. But it's the... I, I'm following along. For each correct answer that they get, 
is $10,000 added to the bank. If they're wrong, the money vanishes. But there's a twist to this game. <laughs> See, it's called The Hustler because every question that's going to be presented on the show is tailored to The Hustler's personal life and desires. So if you love video games, questions about video games. If your favorite food just happens to be hamburgers, there's going to be questions about hamburgers. And yes, those two will be considered clues. They will have the hustler is an avid gamer as a clue. And then question two, the hustler most recent uh, dinner entree was at a Shake Shack. And then it's like, well, which one of these five people is most likely to have eaten at Shake Shack recently? Which one of these is an avid gamer? Um, and then you'll get questions associated with that. Uh, after three questions, five becomes four as the hustler votes off a player. Why? I don't fucking know. I think the gimmick is just so it's kind of like a murder mystery show, so they 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 have a victim like oh no they killed off a player uh but they don't really kill the player they just walk away and then go through a revolving bookcase uh then we do with four players the same thing as we did in the last round answer three more questions here's more clues did you know the person does weightlifting did you know the person collects funko pops did you know that person uh won a a best hot sauce competition something like that and then after three more questions, which means six out of ten, we now vote off another player, leaving a final three. So then we have three more questions, which means another chance at $10,000 each, with the final ten making it $90,000. Making the tenth question, you guessed it, a double or half. What the hell? I thought this was just ten questions at $10,000 each. That makes no sense because now it's not even $100,000. Now you're playing for a top prize of 180000 What a twist. So, yeah, the game is basically um, a murder mystery game show. It's a very detective-based game show, but it's also very clever. I will say this. I had very low expectations with The Hustler. I love Craig Ferguson. I think he's hilarious. But when I heard what the show was originally and saw $120,000, I thought it was five, four, three, And it was like $10,000 each. Everyone's a captain. And the questions are like fibbage. And they kind of are, actually. The questions are still very fibbage It's like, which is... How many, which percentage of soy sauce is salt or something weird like that? Uh, but it, it's still very clever. So, what I will say right now is something that I, I've, I will say is, is true to almost all the games as I saw tonight. They all have really good soundtracks. Wheel of Fortune, Celebrity Wheel of Fortune, had a really cool remix of the Wheel of Fortune theme. The Chase had really good stinger noises for every musical event. When they went back to, from commercial, when they do the final chase, the music package is great. The Hustler, though, has really good soundtrack. This really set the stage to the show because they went full-on detective murder mystery clue. This is violins, strings, very low beats, very low five, very 
thinking music. A lot of uh, what what is that? What is that music called? I was gonna say calypso, but no, that's that's the uh, the drum. That's very glassy, glassy, very soft. And the way they handle Craig Ferguson, he's a, he's the host. Clearly, he's still the game show host. Hi, how are you? What do you do? But they present him as like a bumbling detective, which I also love, because apparently they don't tell Craig Ferguson in advance who the hustler is, so he has to play along. And it becomes a very fun show because throughout the entire game, he basically is like, oh, what's the clue over here? Oh, the 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 former uh, the hustler works as a pastry chef. Oh, the pastry chef. Oh, look at these delicious cupcakes. And your question is. Pretzels originated from what country? France, Germany, Switzerland, or Hungary? You have a minute to talk it out. And then they have a minute to decide. And Craig just like walks around, bumbles around, and it becomes a group chatter. And it becomes a deliberation, kind of like Million Dollar Mind Game or a lot of these group game shows, which I also love because that's a genre that they don't really play with much. The last time I saw that was Divided, and that show I never want to hear ever again because that is just a frustrating game show. <laughs> um, <laughs> so they answer questions. Is it right? Oh, it is. You got 10000 Hey, your bank is now 30000 Now it's time for elimination. Um, but what I like about it is that they, after every clue, it's a banter portion. So which so the hustler is a pastry chef. Hey gang, which one of you th- is most likely to be a pastry chef? Who here loves pastry enough to be a pastry chef, huh? And then they have like the question about pretzels. Oh, funny. One of you knew about pretzels cuz I'm pretty sure the hustler would know that. They're a pastry chef. And it becomes that game. I still think it's a bit awkward, though, that the 10th question is double or half and because it doesn't make TV clean va- value. It's it, The top prize is 180000 I would for sure have loved it to be something like um, maybe 4-4-3 or 5-4-2 or so, something where there's 11 questions. Or you have 10 questions and then the double or half is on Craig Ferguson. Something where, where it's like, like, can you fool Craig Ferguson as the hustler? You get double the bank. Something. Because it, it just doesn't feel right. It, it, to me, some of this, the format itself doesn't. I would have rather had to be the hustler gets voted out. And if they survive three rounds and are the final two, they win. But instead, it become it's more of a, uh, I guess they're trying to go for a whodunit kind of situation, which is fine. It's very Knives Out with the soundtrack, very Knives Out with the costuming of Craig Ferguson, and a lot of the jokes and banter. Uh, but the set is unique. It's just like a study in the mansion, like you would see in Knives Out. Uh, the, but it's just they're all sitting in chairs. And they all have uh, just these little notebooks, and that's it. 
That's all they have as 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 their ways to answer questions. Uh, however, while I love the soundtrack, I love Craig Ferguson. The the hundred eighty thousand that tenth question being double or half still irks me. It should be the eleventh question's double or half. It sh- it should be something where it's it's earned like a four four three like you're the final three. Congratulations. And now you do double or nothing. Or it's like the first four questions are five thousand. Then the next round you have uh, three questions at 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 uh. Ten thousand dollars each, so therefore you're already totaling fifty thousand. Then you have another final three questions at twenty five thousand, twenty five thousand, and then half. Hey, double or half because you would still get a hundred thousand dollars, and it becomes like this higher the stakes. Well, hey, one player's down, but you have twenty five thousand dollars. But question, folks, because there's something about this just feels weird. Because when they get to that final three, they really just push through those final four questions. It's like one after the other after the other. And it's like, well, okay. I I, I understand why they're doing it because the final act of the show is, hey, there are the final three of you. And this is the part where I love The Hustler a lot. This is a rare game show trope, but it works. The don't vote for me, vote for the other guy. You're doing a wrong. I'm not the hustler. You don't get that in most game shows. Most in-studio game shows, it's a friend or foe. Hey, we work together as a friend. I'll be your. This is really just like, look, you're making a big mistake here. I do not work as a... I was never a pastry chef. I just knew that because I visited the country and I went there once. And it's all excuses and finger pointing in a very dramatic way that is very exciting. The soundtrack works. Now, there. this is something I want to say is great. <laughs> all right. So one thing that I love about The Hustler over any of these other game shows, I'm going to have to tap because it's an important thing. They sometimes don't even have a soundtrack. Not even kidding. I, I listen to The Hustler, and sometimes there is dead air for three, four, five seconds. Back to the back to the days of greed where awkward silence, and then Craig Ferguson talks, and it's like, and one of you is The Hustler. And I think we know who it could be. Suddenly, boo-boo-doo-doo-doo-doo-doo-doo-doo-doo-doo-doo-doo-doo-doo-doo-doo-doo-doo-doo-doo-doo-doo-doo-doo-doo-doo-doo-doo-doo-doo-doo-doo-do
you uh you used to uh do racing you used to race cars in your spare time so here's a question about fast and furious movies i don't know what that has to do with racing cars but sure you did street racing here is a question about fast and furious I would expect more of a racing question or something about engines or engine parts. But fine, we will do the Fast and Furious movies as the question instead. Uh, I guess that that wor- works, maybe. Because uh, I'm almost led to believe the Hustler doesn't know the answer to all the questions. I'm led to believe they kind of hint at the Hustler through the clues. Almost like they would at, like, you don't know Jack kind of questions where it's like, well, you know, uh, the, the, the hustler has had every generation iPhone since its launch in 2008. Wow, that's a lot of iPhones. Which one of you is a big tech buff, huh? You guys love cell phones? You guys love text? Well, here's your question. What was the most downloaded app on the Apple Store in 2020? Like, that would be the question. And it's like, that would make no sense. You could buy every phone of Apple and not know the fucking answer to that question because it could be Calm, it could be Twitter, it could be Facebook. Who knows? It could be Angry Birds still. Remember Angry Birds? Uh, the, The questions are kind of sloppy, to say the least. However, what I like about it is Craig Ferguson's ability to banter with the contestants. It is his strength as a host and as a, as a comedian in a way that makes this show warm and cozy and inviting and continues with a theme. Because to me, I will keep saying this over and over again, the best sort of game shows are ones that you can build a world around. And The Hustler has done that. The theme is a murder mystery, but there's no murder. It's just a quiz show. And one of them is who it's all about. So theoretically, you could have just made the show like identity. One of these people is an Olympian. One of these people is a pastry chef. If you can figure it out. No, no. They instead of doing a who does this fit game show, because they could have done this as an in-studio show with a studio audience, podiums, voting. out. They could have made this look like a really ham and cheesy game show with podiums. And instead, they made it more like a study hall. Like, hey, we're in this mansion, even though it's still a set. And I'm Craig Ferguson. One of you is the hustler. You're trying to hustle these contestants out of their money by answering questions under disguise as one of them. And all you have to do is pretend you aren't the hustler. If they can figure out it's you, they get the money. If not, you get the money. (laughs) And of course, the voting mechanic is both contestants, because it's three, have to pick the hustler. If the hustler can go undetected because both of the players decided, oh, you're out, well, and then the game's over. But the thing is, with that final round, uh, 
there's always going to, if it's a regular where everyone picks one player, the hustler wins. If the game is a two to one and it's not the hustler, the hustler wins. So there's double two, two out of three possibilities are the hustler wins. And then the third is, well, you pick the hustler, so you win. And the idea is, well, even though it's two to one chances the hustler wins, we have created a show where we expect the hustler to try and go undercover because they don't want to blow their cover because if they blow their cover, uh, they will have no chance of getting the money. So it's not really two to one. You have more of an advantage if you were a contestant because of the clues we have provided you which I also enjoy. They have done theming. They have done set dressing. They've made this game feel like you've never seen the show in your life before. Even if the questions are really weird and they don't really address like where the contestant really came from, the hustler, it still is very smart because a lot of the questions writing can apply to two or more people making red herrings so you can play along and go i think it's so and so but also i know the answer is c but it's definitely the blonde lady no it's definitely the guy in the jacket no because that's how the game works and you know what that's something i really enjoy about the hustler craig ferguson fantastic coast music package is great the set dressing is great the format is a little broken though and that's my issue it's a broken ass format I, I, I think they needed an 11th question or they needed something where you can vote off the hustler. If you're not going to do that and you're just going to treat those like eliminations, you should really have it so there is like in the post-credit sequence when you already know who the hustler is, why did they vote off so-and-so and why did I vote off so-and-so? So that way it becomes like, oh, my strategy was they were on to me, so I voted them off. I voted them because they had nothing to apply in these questions, so I couldn't, at the final round, point to them. So, something. Because the strategy of this game is very confusing, but very delightful. And it is one of the smartest original game shows ever. Ever. I would not say last decade. I would say ever because it's it, it subverts the quiz show format while still doing a theme and having friendly banter that at no point during the show, I feel like I'm out of the loop. It, it feels like the money comes second, like, oh, you won $60,000. The only thing I would probably do if I was producing this besides adding 11th question is... Uh, Craig Ferguson like drops down like a wad of ten thousand dollars, like two bushels of five grand. So that way, you know, it looks like you know money. Uh, <laughs> so and it's like, hey, here's your bushel of cash. Here's ten thousand dollars, and then just bam, two two wads. So and then when you're at the final round, you see the scores, you see the mechanics, and then you see the bounty of riches on the table. You see that $80,000. see that $90,000. And it, well, not 90, because the double or half would imply that, you know, you, you got 45,000, so it wouldn't work that way. It'd be 80,000, it would be 100,000. It'd be one of those. Just a physical prop. 
I think would be most uh, rewarding. As well as if there was more, uh, when they're doing clues, or they would be less reliant on the one screen. Because everything that was pretty much a clue on the uh, in the show was kind of based on, let's look at the mystery bookcase slash television monitor. Oh, look, the bookcase now reveals a photo of the, of the Hustler's refrigerator. I kind of wish it was more like clues were f- like flying all over the place, like a figure it out episode. Like one of the cl- like one of the uh, things I saw, I think it was the sneak preview episode was one of the the hustler uh, lost like a lot of weight on the keto diet. And I thought, well, that's actually clever. Like, hey, that's a factoid. But I would be thinking, well, I would rather it be a physical prop like maybe a keto diet book or keto friendly chips or something that says this is keto so like craig ferguson opens like a silver uh dome and reveals a a cookbook or there's a bookshelf and it lights up revealing the book something that plays into the set more into a this is a clue and craig ferguson found a clue and so did the contestants One was uh, one was a uh, the Olympian. Uh, one of the hustler was a former Olympian, so it has the tattoo of the Olympics logo. And I thought that's clever. Now, are the questions going to be like the Olympic logo or a sport? Then maybe you shouldn't show the logo. But then it's like, well, what if you just show like a gold medal or like the the, the hustler's own gold medal? Like the the hustler won this gold medal whoa that's a clue they're an olympian and you're not going to know what it is even though it says like sydney 2000 or something which denotes age something that would make it fun even if it was like a fake gold medal so it's not really the gold medal to so you can keep it safe it's just something to to add to the mystery because the bantering part is great there's not a lot of game shows where you let the contestants talk and be human and, and have emotional like yelling matches and panic attacks. Uh, most of the time, the, the format is, well, I believe the answer is B, and I'm going to lock it in. Beep. And that's it. With the Hustler, it's a, well, I, I think it's B. I think it's Peanuts. I don't want to say it is because I know it's Peanuts. But I mean, like Peanuts is the name. I I, I mean, the P, I always called it Charlie Brown cartoons, but I remember Peanuts being the name of the comic book. Has to be Peanut. That would be. That'd be what it would be. Uh, I would give Hustler a B plus. I think it's also one of the best new formats of the show. I strongly recommend watching The Hustler, especially if you love Craig Ferguson, or if you want a game show that's not like every other fucking game show you've ever seen. This is a hit. This is a winning show if done correctly. Uh, there are some hiccups in the format, but that's fine. You can either iron that out in season two, or you can leave it in and just say, well, that's what the format is, and just fix the lighting because that's very drab too. But what, what's also clever is the uh, camera work on the Hustler. I think they use film. So a lot of close-up shots are very... Uh, reactionary 
which also makes the show even more cool. So I, I do love it. I do love The Hustler. Uh, it, those are five game shows that have existed in America. Now it's time to take a quick break, and when we come back, it's time to visit the UK. Okay, so my voice is now dying. I'm drinking some sparkling water. How How's how your uh, Thursday? It's, it's now Friday, by the way. It looks like it's 1 a.m. I've been recording this for about three hours now. Wait, two hours. It's 11, one. Yep, about two hours now. So, yeah, no one really pays attention to these, and I don't blame them. Uh, now you understand why people canceled the show. Um, but, hey, I answered every question you can think of when it comes to this game shows. So, UK game shows. Uh, Taskmaster did a New Year's special. All the celebrities were not comedians. They played Taskmaster games. It was quirky fun. I recommend it because Taskmaster is fun. It sounds like a good one-off. Don't do that as as a mainline thing. Uh, but then there's two new game shows. One is Lingo. You guys ever Lingo? Remember L-I-N-G-O? It's not letters. It's Lingo. Uh, this version is an hour-long, boring-ass game show where contestants figure out four-letter words for 200 pounds to build a bank. Then they get, like, a 10-letter word to get 300 pounds, but they lose 20 per letter. Uh, but if they screw up, they uh, one of the other two teams can buzz in and guess the correct lingo, and they can get the money instead. At the end of, th- what, the 5x5 f- five five round... The lowest scoring player is eliminated, and it becomes two players. With the two players, it becomes a 4x4, four 4x5, four, four and a 5x5, five five, almost like a idiot test uh, third round catch-up, where if you get it right, you can get 300, but you lose 50 for each. Oh, so it's 500, and you lose 50 for each value. Yay. So, uh, Lingo doesn't have Lingo balls. There's no bingo associated with Lingo. It really is just the guess the four-letter word, guess the five-letter word. Uh, And then in the final round, guess a six-letter word. Well, in between, there's a guess the 10-letter word and guess the 11-letter word based on a clue. That's it. It's very, this is a boring show. This was horrifying of a format. I will be honest. I put the show on at six o'clock yesterday. Well, yet well, I'm recording this now. Friday, Wednesday, Wednesday at six. I put it on uh, because I needed a distraction, and I fell asleep. I fell asleep watching Lingo. A game show should not put you to sleep, but that show did. It is that boring. The hosting's fine. It's just a boring show because it's lingo stretched out to an hour. It's not like Countdown where you can have a little witty banter section. No. It's just guess the four-letter word. Guess the five-letter word. The, The E is in the wrong column, but it is in the word. Can you guess where it is? It's... You, you you play along once, and then you say never again. This is a horrifying format, a very boring format. And because it's British, 
it follows the familiar trope of, well, it's the all or nothing fuck you finale, which I'm going to call a lot of British game shows. It's the all or nothing fuck you finale because they don't want to pay out like a thousand pounds. Ooh. So in this final round, the winning couple uh, scores like 3,000 pounds because that sounds about roughly what they give away. And if they can figure out, they have 90 seconds to figure out three lingos. If they can figure out one lingo, which is a four-letter word, they can get half their bank. Ooh. Then... There's a five-letter lingo. If they can get that right, they win the value of the bank. Ooh. But if they if they go all the way and get the third lingo right, a six-letter word, they will get double their bank. Ah. If they run out of time, the game is over, and wherever they are is how much they win. Yeah, that's it. It's not like here where it's here's get as many five letter words as you can in like 90 seconds and then let's just try and get a bingo. No, no, it's just get the five letter words. Move on, five letter word. They streamlined the show so much it made the show dull. There is no drawing of numbers. The um, the format itself, I think, is stemming more from the French version, if I'm not mistaken, which I don't think does the draw the balls anymore. But they don't do six-letter words until the second half, which is kind of... I get what they're aiming for because it's a puzzly guess-the-word thing, but it's so stretched out and long, it's boring. There's not a lot of playability, and the set sucks. It's just dark, and there are these squares all over the board. It's... uh, the flip opposite of people puzzler, which is squares, but bright. This is squares, but dark. And the lingo game board is just a giant circle that says lingo on the screen. Basically, like most game shows, it could really have been played on a laptop computer in your in your bedroom. But instead, it's on a big monitor in a dark studio with squares. And a buzzing system. It's boring. It's uh, the I would say it's the worst game show I've seen so far of 2021. <laughs> it could be worse. I'm almost betting on it will be worse. But lingo. Ugh. And lastly, the wheel. Now the wheel is last year's game show, but I want to talk about it right now. So it's a quiz show with celebrities. And I'm putting celebrities in big air quotes. Uh, Michael McIntyre of Michael McIntyre's Big Show, a big Saturday evening television show, invites contestants, and they're chosen randomly by a in-wheel, in which is just a contestant wheel, which is just a offset wheel of them sitting in a chair spinning around. And a one in three chance of them being picked to come up and play the game. Uh, the object is simple. Each of the seven celebrities has a specialized subject. You have to uh, pick the category, and then whoever's the expert will be in golden lights, and one of your choosing will be in red lights. Then a question is said, and if you're right, you win money added to the bank. If not, fuck you, you're not getting the money. All of the celebrities have to answer the questions no matter who, rather it's the expert or whoever you land on. 
It could be a musician has to answer a question about cooking. What? <sighs> and then it becomes uh, basically it's just it's basically Hollywood stars and celebrities. What do they know? Do they know things? Let's find out. It really is just that show. Um, but with contestants who are civilians and if they're wrong they get a question wrong even though they get to talk to the contest the celebrity to be their their phone a friend um if they're wrong they go back to the contestant wheel and then one of the remaining contestants gets pulled up and we redo it because that's how the game works after the seventh question, whoever is makes the most, whoever is the last one standing on the wheel after seventh question plays the bonus round. The other two don't get anything. Uh, and then there's twists and turns, such as if you're an expert and you get your expert question wrong, that's a bonus red spot, which is bad. If you uh, didn't get selected in the remaining three questions, the value is double. And uh, if everyone gets a question right, the money is added an extra money because add money to the money. So then it becomes a final game. Uh, after all seven questions, uh, there are four bonus round categories. Uh, and we get to reveal the scores of quiz night with celebrities. Who was the one that got the most multiple choice right of the group of seven? And then they go in order. Who got second most, third most, fourth most, fifth most, sixth most, seventh most. And all that matters is place one, place four, and place seven. The biggest smarty pants, the, the biggest average, and the biggest idiot. If you play with the average, number four, you get to play for the entirety of your bank. The 29,000 pounds. Wow. Um, or you can play with the expert if you play with the expert you're playing for half 14,500 pounds whoa or if you play with the idiot you can play for double the bank 58,000 pounds wowee on one final question if you get it wrong you get nothing so it's an all or nothing gamble who do you want as your help? Which makes no sense because you're answering the question on your own. You could really have just said, fuck you, I'm picking the idiot. I'll just do this on my own because it's just a question. It's a multiple choice trivia question. Or you pick like an expert because, oh, maybe it's a guarantee. They're really smart on trivia tonight. So I'll pick the... It makes no sense. It's such a convoluted way for them to add money. At no point do I really enjoy the show. Uh, but it's not boring like lingo. At least it's like, oh, the game keeps going because uh, the whole aim is to get seven correct answers in a row. And McIntyre is a decent host. He's trying to be charming and likable like he always is. He's kind of like getting Jay Leno. <laughs> uh, and it's it's fine. It's a fine, fair game show. Uh, it's definitely a C-. minus. Uh, but the theme song's fun. It goes the wheel, the wheel, do do, and it just spins the celebrities in chairs. It's look, it's nauseating explaining it. It's nauseating watching it. I want to vomit playing this, and I just want to watch Only Connect instead. If I have to watch a UK game show, so that's gonna do it for us tonight. Uh, the wheel is okay. Lingo is bad. 
People Puzzler is okay. Name that tune. It's good. So Real Fortune, it's good. The Chase, it's good. And The Hustler, it's good. That concludes the, uh, the one week of game show reviews. Join me probably knowing how COVID goes in like mid-February for another slate of game shows that just have been slapdash together because of COVID restrictions and an easy need to fill time slots on network and cable television. This is Jordan Haas signing off saying good night and big smooch. You make a show out of your feelings. Tell me, do you feel it too? I think I know what point you're proving. You're right. Say your name They play